Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And the Matildas march on to the quarterfinals with a 2-0 win over Denmark. Absolute scenes here at Stadium Australia. Welcome back to Optus Sport and our post-match coverage. I'm Amy Duggan, joined by Tanya Oxby, Joan Montemuro and... Chloe, oh my gosh, as a Matilda, are you just soaking this up at the moment? There's no more tears tonight, but I will say I was cool, calm and collected, and I just felt like we were going to win this one tonight. It was always going to be us, and it is phenomenal. Well, it was a long first 30 minutes, Joe, but we are celebrating now. Sydney is celebrating. I'm sure Australia is celebrating. This Matilda side will march on to the quarterfinals. They lay in wait against France or Morocco in the coming days. But right now, it's all about the celebration here in Sydney. Yeah, amazing scenes. And uh, look, again, pretty. Re- I think it was pretty routine in the end. I think they just got through what they needed. They did what they needed to do. Took those two or three moments, got the job done. A nice way to go through the next round. And there's our goal scorer, our second goal scorer on the screen, Tan. Yeah, great finish from her. And um, this place is rocking, and rightly so. As Joe said, um, I thought they did enough to, they did the job, they did enough to get through. Um, and I think the crowd appreciate it. It's obviously devastation for Denmark going out, but three World Cups they didn't qualify before this one. And they met their match in Australia tonight. Yeah, look, as I said in, in, the, in the pre-match, I think they're happy to be at the World Cup. They're happy to be, uh, you know, going, get, getting to this stage and getting to this round. But I think, you know, in the end, they probably met their match and, and got to the level they were at. Look, they were, they were, they were good tonight. They had an idea. They, they played. They, they tried. They had a couple of opportunities. I think they had more opportunities on goal than Australia. But, uh, but in the end, I think the, the moments that count, you know, the Matildas took them well. We see the coach, Tony Gustafsson, and the players celebrating. It was Sam Kerr that was on the screen a couple of moments ago. Chloe, what about the noise in this stadium when Sam came on? 70,700, a standing ovation for Sam Kerr as she entered the field. And it is phenomenal. It's great to see her back on the field where she belongs. And look, it would have been nice for her to finally get some minutes under her belt. Yeah, I think uh, relief was the look on her face, um, you know, just to get back out there where she enjoys being the most, um, playing her football with her teammates. Um, you can see by the smile on her face there, she's just happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, really important that she got those minutes. She got she got that little bit of a run and, uh, you know, it sort of set things up for the squad now. The squad's in, in good shape. It got through, a, you know, a pretty routine game. I think they did enough. Um, they're going to have to do more in the next round, I think, as a, in terms of ideas of getting forward and creating more. But uh, I think it was a good way to introduce her and get the squad ready, ready for the next round. It's wonderful to watch the squad come together in their circle, Chloe. Talk us through what happens normally here. Is it led by the captain? Is it led by the coach? Is yeah. it all about celebration? It's normally led by Tony. Sometimes people will say stuff. But it's all about getting close, talking about the success of the night, how well and how proud he is of the team. 
knowing that this circle is what's going to get us to the final and how we're going to come together looking from shoulder to shoulder, standing side by side with the people that you don't want to be anywhere else with but right there. You can see Sam revving everyone up there. Um, you know, as I said, she's excited to be back and, you know, they'll be, they'll enjoy tonight, but they'll then have to shift their focus to the next round because, as you said, Joe, they're going to fight, probably face a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, look, a different era of confidence, I think. I think this game, there was a little bit more expectation. There was, there was the reality of uh, we could actually win this game. Um, and now I think it's created a really, really good base and that confidence that you need going through the next round. We're going into almost uncharted territory for the Matildas. For us, we're taking this confidence to the next level and it's going to be phenomenal with the nation behind us to see what we do. Well, the Matildas' best finish came in 2015. They were knocked out in the quarterfinals. They've now equaled that record. Can they go further? Look, with this team and the belief that the girls have, anything is possible. If they keep playing the football they're playing and keep building on what they're doing, they're clinical in front of goals, we can say that, but we just need to produce more chances. 75,784 fans packed into this stadium to watch a Matilda's performance tonight that might not have been perfect, but it was enough to see them through to the quarters. They're now lapping it up, doing a lap of honour and being thanked by all the fans, Tan. Yeah, look, it's fantastic to see, and I think, um, you know, this is the advantage of a home a home World Cup. Um, you know, you've got the fans behind you, and it was so loud in here tonight. And <laughs> at the end of the day, that always gives players a, a little bit of momentum, probably, and a bit of a boost. Well, look, each game is uh, is surpassing, you know, another another sort of level of history. These are these are historic uh, events. We're never going to see this again. Home soil, knockout game. Um, we're into the quarterfinals, and uh, what more can we say? Well, I can't wipe the smile off my face about that, Joe. Let me tell you, neither can these Matildas. But someone who's probably not too happy with the result would be Tommy Sorensen, and he's sidelined right now. Are you all right, Tommy? <laughs> you know what? Let's celebrate the Matildas. I thought, you know, they were clinical tonight. You know, they took their chances, and, and that, that's probably been the difference. You know, Denmark had those first 30 minutes... A couple of chances, Penilla Hard, I thought was brilliant early on. But that's the difference at, at this level. And, and, you know, just the noise here in this stadium was incredible. You know what? Australia march on. Yeah, we do. We march on. That's right, John. Absolute scenes down there. There's Ellie Carpenter thanking the crowd. She was great tonight. We love seeing her get forward, Tanya. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought she did a great job on that side. Um, again, the left-hand side was probably a little bit more dominant, but when she had her opportunity to go forward, I thought she was electric, um, you know, and, and solid at the back as well, which is what we spoke about pre-show. Yeah, look, I think um, I, I can speak for all four defenders. I think they were really, really good. I, I, I just see Alana Kennedy really growing into a fantastic leader. She was very good tonight. And look, I, I, I think just job done, job done. That's what you need at this at this scenario. And as Tommy said, they were just clinical in those two or three moments that they had. Look, and for me, it's Claire Hunt. For someone to come in at such a young age and not that much experience to be able to come to the centre-back role and partner with Alana like that is phenomenal. She's done tremendous for... And she's gone outside of her age. And, look, I'm so happy with her performance so far.
Well, this team certainly happy, absolutely lapping up the party atmosphere with all the fans here in Stadium Australia. I, I literally cannot wipe the smile off my face. I want to be jumping around and dancing to the music that's on in the background, but I know that we need to concentrate on what's going on here. We'll talk about the goals in just a minute. But first, I want to check in at Federation Square where Adriano Del Monte is. Welcome back to Optus Sports coverage of the round of 16, Australia against Denmark. Of course, Matilda's through to the quarterfinals after a wonderful 2-0 win. And if you weren't at the match itself, there's nowhere else you would have rather been than right here at Federation Square in Melbourne. Over 7,000 fans turned out to give the Matildas all their support. And what a special night it was. The anthem was wonderful. The celebrations for the first goal were great. The second goal was even better. The Sam Kerr introduction, I think perhaps that was the loudest of them all. Amy, a wonderful evening, another special experience in this tremendous World Cup. But of course now, the nation waits. Who will it be in the quarterfinals? Will it be France or Morocco on Saturday in Brisbane? We cannot wait for that. Thanks so much. We'll let you go and party with all the fans in Melbourne. Enjoy this moment as the Matildas march into the quarters. Let's talk about the performance at the back because this is three out of four clean sheets for Australia. That has to give us a confidence boost. Yeah, I think when you look at te teams in this World Cup that have been able to keep the clean sheets, they've only had to score one or two goals. And, you know, in the group stages, we've seen teams go through. So you keep yourself in the game and that's what you want. You don't want to be chasing the game early. And I agree with you, Chloe. Hunt has been fantastic. I saw her bring a ball down when they were under a little bit of pressure and... She just calmly played out, led the ball, got it back, and she plays as a player well above her years. Joey, let's talk about the beginning of the game because Australia didn't dominate from the outset like we thought they would, and it was actually Denmark that had the better chances. What went wrong there, and how did Caitlin Ford then break through? Look, I think it was, uh, it was pretty much when they were building up, when Australia were building up, they, they tend to either have built up a little bit too too high where it didn't allow the midfielders to actually position themselves to break lines so so our, our our back two or back four couldn't play through and what was happening also was that Mary Fowler and even Van Eggman were dropping too deep which didn't really allow us any outlets to play through and it did it did expose us a couple of times the one time we did go out wide and did go inside uh, the fullback was pulled on and Mary Fowler just took her, took her chance and took her opportunity to play Caitlin through and we, we exposed them. And it was the classic wingers staying wide, you know, the classic uh, old school sort of scenario which hurt, hurt Denmark. And everything, everything from an attacking point of view that was good went through Caitlin Ford tonight and, you know, rightly so. I think she's player of the match unless I've got that wrong. But, um, you know, she was sensational and every time she picked the ball up and started driving and then Catley started to join in, you could hear the crowd lift and they were anticipating something was going to happen. And, you know, that's the, I guess, aura she's got about herself at the moment. And it's, it's a real delight to watch. Well, it is her fourth World Cup and her second goal in 16 World Cup matches. Tommy Sorensen, I want to bring you in here on Caitlin Ford because you were pitch side. You can hear it, you can feel it. And she put a rear up to hear the crowd when she scored. How did it feel down there? You know, I think, you know, that, that first goal was the first time that Denmark really got done in behind. And it was a great bit of play. And I've, I've just seen Lena Christensen, the Danish goalkeeper, has just walked past us here. She's distraught, and I think, you know, looking at the goal, you know what, uh, it goes through your legs from a short distance. She probably could have done a, bit, a little bit better, but 
you know, these are the small things, and Caitlin Ford, I thought, was outstanding and uh, finished it superbly and, and really cool. Very cool, calm, and collected her 30th goal for Australia. Hard to think she was a 16-year-old from Wollongong when she first pulled on the boots at a Women's World Cup back in 2011. But that experience and that energy that she brings in, in battle, in winning the ball, Joe, you just you can't replace that. Yeah, look, it's uh, it, it's it's never finished with Caitlin. Even when if she does lose the ball, she'll still try to win it back, or she'll at least put pressure on to make for the opposition to make a mistake. But what I love about the finish is that she just went close enough and not too close to the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper didn't have time to to adjust and put it away beautifully. Her counter press when she gave the ball away, Joe, tonight was exceptional. I think she even ran past two teammates at one point to then get a tackle in to stop uh, Denmark going forward and. We talk so much about what she does with the ball at her feet, but that effort and that um, yeah, ability to and desire to want to win the ball back when she gives it away is just exceptional. It's infectious. And I know that we've spoken about it so much. How fast can you return or get the ball back with her? But when she loses it, it's the desire in her eyes. You can see it. It's scary. Honestly, it's really scary. But for her... Her pace is frightening. And I know when teams come up against Caitlin Ford, that's the one thing that they're talking about because her face forward is phenomenal, lethal. Well, she was our halftime performer of the match, but right now we get to hear from her post-match as the goal scorer. Caitlin, how good was that? Uh, it was awesome. I'm so proud of everyone tonight. We just ran our ass off and gave it everything. And we knew if we defended well, there was going to come chances and we are going to score. And that's what we did tonight. So yeah, just super proud of everyone. Tell me what was going through your mind when you're bearing down on the goalkeeper in that first half? Just get it on target. Just, I don't know, just get it on target. I didn't really think too much and, yeah, I was just happy to see it go in. Uh, you ran all night tonight. How big a part did the crowd play in that? Yeah, no, the crowd's massive. Um, they've been our 13th man all uh, tournament and they're going to continue to be that. And, yeah, when we're tired, um, yeah, I guess it helps you push through that little bit when it gets tough. It was a huge boost for the crowd to see Sam Kirkham on the pitch. How big is it for the team? Yeah, no, it's massive for us, obviously, to have a player like her back. It, again, boosts our confidence. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they felt, but I would have felt pretty worried when I seen Sam coming on. So, it's, yeah, it's huge for us. Is this one of the best feelings you've had in football? Yeah, I mean, you can't really beat it every game. Maybe not the Nigeria one, but every other game, yeah, it's just been awesome. And we want to keep doing it. We want to experience it more and more and um, keep our dream alive. Will you be watching the France uh, against Morocco game tomorrow night? What's that? Will you be watching France against Morocco tomorrow night? Yeah, probably. I mean, why not? We've watched as many games as we can and obviously keep a close eye on that one. But, um, yeah, we'll enjoy this one tonight. And finally, any preferences? Nah, if we play like that, I'm confident we can beat anyone. Well done, congratulations. Thank you. So right you can, Kate, and well done on the goal tonight. Good to know that Caitlin Ford thinks the crowd is worth two extra players out there on the pitch. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe she's a little bit overwhelmed by it all, I don't know. But yeah, look, she was fantastic tonight. And, you know, from our point of view, you just want to see more and more and more of that. And the, the link-up that she has with Steph Catley on that left-hand side is fantastic. So, you know, credit to our 13, 13th man with the crowd. So, yeah, let's go with it. All right. Well, the other goal scorer tonight was Hayley So She picked up her second, third goal of the tournament in the second half of this match. Caitlin Ford scoring with the only attempt Australia had in the first half, by the way. But there was another bit of razzle-dazzle from Hayley Razzo to finish this one off. A lovely gift from Emily Van Egmond. Yeah, look, it was a bit 
of bouncing around, but the play to get in and the ability for M to be able to stay calm and find Hayley Rasso in these moments, I think is amazing. But this ball into Emily, calm, composed, and Haley's ability to slot it in the back corner. I thought we were going to see a back heel from Emily Van Egmond there for a minute, a bit like a Melissa Russo. <laughs> yeah. I, I also just want to highlight the, um, the the selfless run. Again, Caitlin Ford clearing the space, running in the half space, taking the defender away, which gives Mary Fowler time on the edge of the box. And, yeah, we were waiting for a back heel there, weren't we? <laughs> we certainly were. All right, Mark Schwarzer is pitch side. Schwarzer, talk to me about this Hayley Rasso goal because the crowd went mental. They did absolutely and rightly so. We went mental up there in the stands, actually. Thomas didn't know, obviously. Commiserations to Thomas. The Hayley Rasso goal, that was the nail in the coffin. Obviously, 2-0. You are then got breathing space. Yeah, you can see the Danish players, their shoulders dropped. Uh, but it was, again, a, a little bit of individual brilliance forward. Uh, Ekmund as well, like they said in the studio, thought we were gonna, she was going to backheel it. But then showed some composure to lay it off to Russell, who again, second game running, gets on the score sheet. And when you've got something from each winger, uh, now Kerr as well in the mix, you know, there's some, uh, some, some great things going on up front. I'm going to say the balance is, it's about everything. The balance is absolutely perfect at the moment. Obviously, you've got the benefit of having Sam Kerr coming yeah. Some minutes under in her in her legs, and there was never a doubt though when Hallie Rasso that ball popped to her. Having seen what she did against Canada, there was no doubt the ball was going down from the back of the net. No, you can see all the way through. She she plays with with uh, confidence. She doesn't get as much forward um, as, as Caitlin Ford, but when she does, it's dangerous. She, and she knows how to position herself in the box. She has a, a nose for just picking up, uh, and uh, you know, and then she's got the finish. You know, she she's got that calm, composed finish as well that you know, makes a difference today. I think also what's really impressive is the fact that they rode the storm early in that first half an hour of that game. Got a little bit lucky, of course. However, in the end, when they took their chance, they had that cushion and then were able to see out the game. And obviously, Hattie Rasso scoring that second makes it a lot easier. Isn't she having a tournament, Hayley Rasso? Thanks, guys, from down there. Enjoy the scenes. Uh, i tell you who else would be smiling. That is the coach of the Matildas. Let's hear now from Tony G. Tony, congratulations. Uh, what impressed you most about the performance tonight? That the players once again managed to play the game in front of us. Uh, right in that moment, the composure. We were under a lot of pressure that first half. They came out with a new shape, 4 for 2 pressed us high, got dispossessed a couple of times, but we didn't get rattled. Uh, the team is very matured in playing tournament football and just find a way to win. Came four was immense tonight. Um, how impressed were you, were you with her performance? Yeah, we saw in the last game that the left side was very impressive. She looked sharp in training. So we said, let's make sure we activate the left side as much as possible today. We wanted to start to attack on the right side and then attack on the diagonal to activate her on one we won and two we won. And every time she gets the ball faced up, you, you know, you think it's going to be a goal because that's how good she is right now. Was there a sense of relief getting uh, Sam Kerr on the pitch, getting minutes? Yeah, relief is not the right word, but I'm really happy. I'm happy for her and the team. And, the other thing I have to say, I brought the staff together afterwards here. My sports science and sports medicine team, if people know what they've gone through over the last month and the way they stayed focused, the way the communication skills, the individual plans for each player, so hats off and credit to my Triple M team. They're ama amazing. What would you want to say to the 75,000 people in the stadium? Thousands of people are watching all across the country about tonight's performance and about their support. I get emotional. I really do. The support we feel is, wow, thank you, thank you.
and tomorrow, obviously, France are playing uh, against Morocco. Are you be watching it? Right now, the only thing I focus <laughs> on is recovery and our game, but probably keep half an eye on it. But I'm going to download and analyze this game first. Congratulations. Enjoy the night. Thank you. Thanks. Congratulations on the win, Tony G. An emotional Tony G after that one. Almost a sense of relief, Joe, that they got the win and they're, they're this far through the tournament. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, understandable. You know, there's been a, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk and a lot of contention, and uh, obviously there was a lot more expectation on this game because they were probably, you know, in the box seat to win this one. So uh, I can understand his uh, his emotion, you know, and uh, and all credit. I want to talk about that, what you said, they're in the box seat to win this one, because there has been a lot of criticism about this Australian team coming in as an underdog. They seem to do it easy, but when they're the favourite, we make things hard for ourselves. Do you subscribe to that? I think I probably subscribe more to the fact that when we have a lot of possession, we struggle when teams don't come out and press us. That would be my perception of it. Is It's not necessarily whether we're underdogs or we're not. It's more about whether we're looking to sit in and counter or we're looking to have to try and create things for ourselves in the creation and finishing phase. So, you know, and, and obviously what comes with that is when you're playing teams maybe that are a little bit less favoured than you are. So it does kind of uh, match up a little bit, but I don't necessarily think it's more about the pressure. I think it's more about the ability to break teams down. That yeah. is such, sorry, that's such a coach answer. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chloe. I think as a player, I don't know, I subscribe to it. I feel like, I don't know, as a player, sometimes we, we take our foot off the pedal when, when we are in, in the front seat. And for us, we do as Australians, we love being the underdogs. I don't know, it's about the pressure of the nation being against us or something, or people being against us. But we definitely do thrive under pressure. And I'm really happy that there was no pressure tonight. I didn't feel the pressure and we still were able to be successful. So maybe this is the tipping point for the Matildas where we change that narrative. Well, there were 75,000 people in the stadium right behind the Matildas tonight. And Mark Schwarzer is sidelined with co-commentator Amy Chapman. Walk us through how you saw this one, Chapo, because you talked us through it. Yeah, it was an enthralling game. I was so impressed with Denmark actually out of the blocks when I thought the Matildas actually held their own in the first 45 after being thrown quite a bit. And it was that moment from Mary Fowler, Mary Fowler that game-breaking assist that she did to release Caitlin Ford, who has been my player to watch, and she, she stood up tonight, didn't she, boys? I was listening to what Tanya was saying in the studio there, and Australia tend to struggle against teams that drop deep. We saw it with Ireland, we saw it with Nigeria get hit on the counter. It didn't happen today, because I think Denmark surprised most of us by coming out at Australia right off the front, Amy. Yeah, I felt like they really high-pressed, actually, and it was really working quite well for them, but it's that transition game that the Matildas do so well. They limp they limp in um, the, the likes of Mary Fowler, and for her to be able to turn and, and slip in Caitlin Ford, I thought that was phenomenal. And Lee Van Egmond, her composure to link in other players as well. I thought it was a really good performance, and what a moment seeing Sam Kerr back out there tonight. Oh, you can hear the electricity just when she was warming up, you know, and that's what Australia needs, you know, going forward. You know, they're potentially playing France, It'll be a tighter game. They'll take their chances that Denmark didn't do tonight. They need that difference maker. And now, you know, with Caitlin Ford as well playing great, uh, you know, it just adds that dimension to it. When, when you say about that, we talked about the Denmark sitting back. We thought that was going to happen. Yeah. They're on the front foot. Did they actually work against Denmark tonight? You know, we were talking about it. Like, they're yeah. just playing into that uh, Matilda's trap, you know. You know, obviously, I thought they, were, they, they did a press well. They recovered the ball pretty quickly. But you've got to take your chances. And... and they were too open, and uh, as soon as, as that ball went to Mary Fowler, Caitlin Ford was on her bike, and 
and that was history after that. They, nope. were, they were clinical tonight, yeah. the Matildas. I think going forward, the pace, they found they found a way. I thought early on, Peniel Harder was really finding some pockets and she was looking like she was going to be the game changer. But the Matildas managed to turn it around and we saw the emotion from Tony Gustafsson. Gives me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps watching Sam Kerr come on, even watching her warm up. She's been the face of this tournament for so long and, and it's a big, big moment for her. I think that was the big moment, wasn't it? The fact that Sam Kerr came on and you could see in this stadium the response of people, and I'm sure people behind their, their TV screens and on, on big screens across the country would have been equally very excited to see her on this, on this football pitch tonight. That's right, guys. It certainly was an electric moment when the crowd roared as Sam Kerr came on as a substitute in this 2-0 win over Denmark. Here it comes. Block your ears if you're not good with sound because it was deafening, wasn't it? Yeah, the crowd was uh, was anticipating this for a while. She was down there warming up um, probably for about 15, 15 to 20 minutes. So she sort of teased them a little bit back and forth about whether she was going to come on or not. And then as soon as she stepped up, um, yeah, the crowd went wild. And a lovely moment for Steph Catley to hand over the captain's armband as well. I thought for a moment they were taking Steph off and I was a little confused, but then I realised she was handing the armband over. Yeah, I don't, don't know if uh, Sam Kerr coming on as a left-back would have been the, uh, the right, <laughs> move, right move at this stage, but uh, that just shows the unity of the group, just those little, little moments. And look at the smile on Sam's face as she came on. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and as, uh, as uh, Tony said, uh, you know, congratulations to all the medical staff and everyone to get it at this point. She's ready to move on now and go forward. There was a, a weird little moment here, though, where she slipped and uh, gave us all an ooh-ah moment. Yeah, my groin's hurt for her. Uh, the field is so slippery. So, you know, I feel for her that would have hurt so bad. I have a feeling that one's going to turn into a meme somewhere. 100%. <laughs> She'll love that. She'll be all over that, so that won't bother her at all. <laughs> no goals for Sam Kerr tonight, but certainly kicking goals Tony was by bringing her on for the crowd, Joe. And it's nice to see her get a few minutes under her belt, but was it necessary? Look, uh, that, that's probably a decision for uh, for the medical staff and everyone to just give them. In. Look, you want to you want to get as many minutes as you can. You want to get that that little bit of uh, just even game rhythm and just and just that feeling. It's probably the right time to do it. You know, I, I would probably would have been start looking at the yellow card situation at this stage, and you know maybe Caitlin Ford could have been one to come off a little bit early without the risking because knowing knowing Caitlin with her counter pressing, she's always uh, wanting the ball, but. Uh, Look, if, if the feeling was right down, down the bottom and if, and if it was the right moment, then the choice was right. Yeah, look, I'm so happy that she was able to get some minutes. And as a player, you, you do want to be able to get a little bit of rhythm on the field. You want to be able to get a little bit of a blow, get that into your legs and be able to just experience this because she's going to need it before she steps onto the field for a little longer than 15 minutes. Well, that will be the question, won't it? Do you stick with the tried and tested that's got you through for the last two games or do you pick Sam Kerr to start in the next match in the quarterfinal? That will no doubt be a talking point throughout the week. But right now, let's check in with Bree Holden. Amy, another fantastic night of football here at the Brisbane Fan Festival. The Matildas just won 2-0. What did you make of that performance? Great performance. Way better than we played against Ireland or Nigeria. Really brought it home. I mean, looking at the Matildas tonight, that was pretty convincing against Denmark. Can they go all the way. I called it. I said at the start, outside favourites. France next, 
then England, then Sydney in, in August. All right, and you have been to every game so far yeah. in Brisbane. You went to England earlier today, did the double, came to the Matildas afterwards. Yeah. I mean, how was that first match and how did it compare to this one? First match was nothing compared to this one. We finished that one full-time, two hours of football, great value for money. And then sprinted over, 10 minutes late for this, but well, well worth it. Great, great game. All right, fantastic United football here in Brisbane. Back to you, Amy. Thank you, Bree. All the way from the fan zone in Brisbane, it is rocking around the country tonight as the Matildas march on. They are through to the quarterfinals. They will take on either France or Morocco on August 12th. That's next Saturday. Our preference is obviously Morocco, but do Morocco have it in their uh, locker to get past France? Well, I've watched France twice um, pitch side and I think they're very inconsistent. So anything can happen tomorrow night. I think Morocco have got some serious um, momentum going and France are going to have to be at their best because they haven't been able to be consistent with their performances. Joe, can Australia beat France? Yes. Um, there's a uh, an air of confidence in this team by the way they're finishing both. Ch they when they get that half chance they score and and you've got that little bit of coldness in front of goal and when when that momentum's going and you're taking those moments in big tournaments like this, yes they can beat France. Do you have a preference, Chloe? I don't have a preference because it doesn't matter about the team that we're going to play. <laughs> it matters about us, and I, I second that, Joe. I think. When you are going stride for stride, like the Matildas are right now, it's hard to beat a momentum and consistency like that when you have confidence leading into the next game. All right. Well, it is a fantastic result for the Matildas here at Stadium Australia. Tanya Oxby, Joe Montemuro and Chloe Legazzo, thank you so much for enjoying tonight with me up here. It has been so much fun and we look forward to catching up with you guys a little later on. Right now, though, we are going to head to a break, but we will be joined by Kelly Summers and Rachel Brown-Finnis to talk us all the way through what happened between England and Nigeria as England also marched on. But from here in Stadium Australia, it's a very happy good night and well done, Matildas. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to the post-match wrap show on Optus Sport. It's now time for us to turn our attention to the first round of 16 match earlier in the day, which took place here in Brisbane. It finished England nil, Nigeria nil, but the Lionesses went through winning 4-2 on penalties. It was a drama-filled evening here and I'm pleased to say I've got former England goalkeeper Rachel Brown-Finnis, who has just about recovered, to help us kind of dissect it all. Firstly, Rachel... It was a brilliant game. It had everything. However, have the better team on the night actually exited the tournament? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Nigeria dominated throughout, had the best chances, shots on goal. Mary Earps, again, was excellent and stood up to the task of, of keeping a clean sheet. And England rode their luck so many times throughout that game. And Nigeria... It'd be no consolation at this moment, but have, should be so proud of their performance because they outplayed England. 
Let's recap some of the key talking points from the game then. Nigeria started the better, Ashley Plumptra hitting the bar. Then down the other end, England were awarded a penalty for a push on Rachel Daly. However, VAR intervened and said it wasn't a penalty. What did you make of that call? I think ultimately it's the right call. Obviously, as a biased England fan, I wanted that call to stand. And It's, it's, it's not very often you see a, a, a decision made by the ref overturned uh, when it's not necessarily clear and obvious. But when you went to VAR... They showed that it wasn't a push, like arms in the back and a shove. It was more Rach Daly leaning in and, and feeling the contact. It's contact sport at the end of the day. Um, if the shoe had been on the other foot and it had been awarded against us, I'd have been absolutely not a penalty. So I think ultimately the right decision was made by VAR and the referee to overturn it and not award a penalty to England. The other flashpoint in the game came in the second half. Lauren James, who's someone we've spoken about so much on Optus Sport after England's recent games, was shown a yellow card. VAR then intervened and gave her a red card. England can't have any complaints, can they? No. As soon as we saw the incident live, it was a, a head... You know, over hand over head moment because you knew that there's no hiding places with VAR. The referee can miss it, but you know, there's other people who see it. We could see it live. Clearly, Lauren James got up and, in a fit of anger, trod uh, on the leg of the, the defender who'd marshaled her so brilliantly the whole, whole game and frustrated her. Clearly, frustrated her. You know, first World Cup, naivety of a young player as to what the consequence is. Ultimately, it hasn't cost her team the game, but it's cost her, we expect, the rest of the tournament. It hasn't cost her the game because it did go to penalties. And as I said before, England did win 4-2. Penalties did get off to the best start. Georgia Stanway missing for England, then Nigeria missed. Chloe Kelly, though, in the end, stepping up to take the winning penalty, as she so often does, it seems, for England. Did the class tell when it came to those spot kicks in the end? Yeah, I don't think there are too many categories that England won uh, or, or surpassed Nigerian tonight. Um... But when it came to penalties, England executed them under pressure, the best out of the two teams. Uh, every player, um, you know, even I could still score a penalty from 12 yards, you know, put it in the, in the corner. But to do it in front of a full stadium, just under 50,000 in here, uh, you know, in the most defining moments of a lot of players' careers out there on the pitch uh, is a different matter. And England, you know, were calm at that moment in time. Like Serena Vigan was calm and had a plan. Uh, and they execute their penalties brilliantly. Chloe Kelly coming on to really seal the deal. Yeah, Chloe Kelly synonymous with big moments for England now and stepping up but under pressure. Here she is giving her thoughts post-match. It's amazing. Anything that this team's thrown at us, anything that's thrown at us, we show what we're capable of. You played 120 minutes, some of that with only 10 players and penalties. How exhausting was it, particularly doing it with one less player for some of it? We dig deep, we dig deep as a group and we believe in we believe in our ability and first and foremost we believe in what we're getting told to do. How much have you been practicing penalties this week? Yeah, we've been practicing a lot actually and yeah, it's working. When you go up there to take what turned out to be the winning penalty, in those moments walking up to the penalty spot, what's going through your mind? Uh, for me is I'm gonna score and that's how I look at it. Once I win that mental battle we're good. You did it in the Euro final, you did it in a finalissima, you've done it again tonight. What is it with you and winning these big old games for England? No, definitely not. It's the team. This team's special. We did it in the Euros, we did it in the finalissima, and we're here again tonight and doing it. And we keep pushing forward. There's more to come from this special team. Well, we'll see that in the quarterfinals. Congratulations. We'll see you in the next round. Thank you. Thank you very much.
A very relieved but happy Chloe Kelly speaking there post-match. But Rachel, let's talk about where this leaves the two teams. Nigeria exiting, but what a tournament for them. As for England, their tournament goes on, but I think they're going to know they need to be a little bit better. Colombia or Jamaica up next? Nigeria have just proven to be sensational. What Randy Waldrum's done has galvanised the team and the performances they put out, you know, to knock out Canada, to get through to the knockout stages. Every team that comes up against them now in the future will absolutely fear Nigeria. Today was a lottery when it came to penalties. Uh, there was nothing between the two teams with standards. Their ranking is going to shoot through the roof. And so, yes, it'd be no consolation at the moment, but they should be really, really proud of their performance. Something to take back to their nation and to their federation to show why they should be fully backed. England, they need to bring another level. But having seen, you know, Germany go out, having seen the USA go out in, in spectacular form um, on penalties, they will just be relieved to get through in a knockout stage. It just shows how difficult it is, whoever it is against, it's so difficult to get through. England will know that another level, another tactical setup will be required, whether it's Jamaica or um, whether it's Colombia that they play in the next round, they are through and that is a full stop and I don't want to talk about that game ever again. <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. I hope the rest of your tournament's a little bit less stressful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, those games tomorrow will be live for you on Optus Sport. But it's time for us to take a quick break right now here on the programme. But after this, both the guys in the studio will be back to talk you through the rest of the action. Tomorrow on Optus Sport, the round of 16 continues. Sudden death football is here. Jamaica are through and not one team has scored against them. Tomorrow, 5pm Eastern, can surprise packet Colombia find a way? And at 8.30 Eastern, the Titans of France face surprise packet Morocco. You're watching the FIFA Women's World Cup. The round of 16. Every game is live on Optus Sport. The post-game show continues from the Optus Sports studio. Great to have your company. Michelle Escobar here alongside Jess McDonald. What a night of football. The Matildas did it convincingly, didn't they? Yeah, it's, it's been a wild World Cup, but I'm, I'm very proud for this host nation. Truly, I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great stuff. We're all happy here. Big smiles. Now let's talk about tomorrow's games. There's plenty of football to come. The last round of the six, last round of 16 matches. Starting off with Colombia taking on Jamaica at the Melbourne Rectangular Stadium. It's the Powerpuff Girls against the Reggae Girls, which sounds like a lot of fun. Colombia have had immense support so far. It's almost like every game has been a home game for them. Is that going to make a huge difference in knockout football? It definitely does. The bigger the crowd, the better, because they're pretty much your 12th man on the field. And when you have a crowd like that giving you that type of support, you can't even hear yourself think. And one of the best parts, honestly, as a player, is you can't even hear your, your coach yelling at you. So that, that's also a plus. But with that being said, this Columbia side has been absolutely impressive, honestly, we don't know what to expect throughout this World Cup, but I can tell you right now that Colombia has showed up and showed out, and their support has been just the cherry on top for this group. Yeah, it's been amazing. I was at one of those games, and it was electric. Now, let's talk about Jamaica. They've been very solid in defence, but their goals, they haven't had many of them. Who's going to deliver? Will it be all on Bunny Shaw? Yeah, Khadija Shaw, she's obviously a, a very impressive player. 
but I would like to see her have a little more support and a little bit of help when she's on that offensive transition. It's like she's trying to take on teams all by herself in that transition point. If she just had, you know, a few more players who are up the field in that final third with her to combine, give it back to Bunny Shaw because when she's in front of goal, you know, she, she is an unstoppable player. But I think the reggae girls haven't really given her that much of a chance. Obviously, they're doing all the right things behind the ball defensively. You know, you got to give credit to them for that. Holding off, I mean, one of the top goal-scoring teams, Brazil, throughout this tournament, you know, and, and leaving it as a, a tie game, that's honestly very impressive. But what can they do on the other side of the field? And we haven't seen much of that. So hopefully, you know, going into this game, their coaches really put them through some, some offensive transition. Everybody get up. Everybody support Bunny Shaw. And let's see what we can do getting numbers in that final third because that, that's going to be key for them at this point besides just defending. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's going to be a tough one for them. It's always going to also going to be a challenge for Morocco, who are up against France. Now, the winner of this one would be playing Australia. What's in store in this match? <laughs> Honestly, I was saying earlier, I am tired of trying to make predictions at this point <laughs> in this World Cup because you honestly don't know what's going to happen. I easily said, you know, England was going to run through Nigeria today and by halftime of today's game, I was like, okay, maybe Nigeria will take this one. But going into this game with France and Morocco, with these underdogs going into these games, you honestly don't know what to expect. I mean, we can say France all day considering their ranking, but at this point, ranking does not matter. And Morocco is one of those teams who have shown and proved that. And I think it's been really amazing on their behalf that their federation has truly supported them, their men's side and the women's side. And, and it's showing. And they, they've been impressive, too, this World Cup. Like, everyone brushed them under the rug. But here they are in round 16. They made it past half of the other nations in, in this tournament. So I don't think it's going to be as easy of a game as people think for France going, going into tomorrow's game. Oh, you think they're going to be tested as well? Oh, they're definitely going to be tested. This is the World Cup. Everybody at this point is getting tested. I don't, I don't care who you are. <laughs> well, let's look at that road to the final. And Australia have booked their spot in the quarterfinals alongside Spain, the Netherlands, Japan, Sweden, England, and just two teams remain. Do you think we are going to get that Australia-England semi-final? Honestly, I would love that. <laughs> that. That would be an amazing clash at this point, simply because England, they didn't play their best today, and obviously losing Lauren James is, is a huge, huge loss for them which is really unfortunate. But I think Serena Wiegmann has been absolutely incredible getting any type of team that she has had as a head coach together and being able to perform. But my hat, my hat is off right now for, for Tony Gustafsson because you have your star player missing, you know, throughout the majority of this tournament. And look how they have come together. You know, this Matilda side has been absolutely impressive and honestly surprised me a little bit because you never know what to expect for this Matilda side. But I, I would love to see Matilda's playing England in the semifinal. I think it would be an awesome clash. Yeah, I think a lot of people would love to say that. Well, thanks so much, Jess, and thanks to you for watching. So much more to come tomorrow. <laughs>